cool. No, I'll lead because I have a lot to say. So, yeah. Okay. And welcome, everybody, to Redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast presents... Rochambeau. The totally necessary The Network podcast. This is exciting that we're finally branching out, you know, to other bands, other artists, other other genres. That's right. Chris Brady Denton here, massive Green Day fan, mm-hmm. but that's not all I am. You know what I'm saying? I'm fans of other bands, of other types of music, and that's why I felt it was necessary for us to do episode one here of, of course, Rochambeau, the totally necessary The Network podcast. Colin Brady over here. Not only my co-host, but also my cousin, Blood Relatives, we're talking about uh, kind of diversity in our musical taste. And obviously, we are the kind of infamous, famous, however you want to look at it, hosts of Redundant, the Totally Original Green Day podcast. But we're, we also like other types of music. We're not just pigeonholed into this one thing of this one band we happened to like when we were little kids. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. Right? That, call, yeah. that would be childish. Yeah. Absolutely. So Colin Brady... Are you a fan of the network? I, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's, yeah, I'll go with it. You're a fan of the network, of course, and I'm a huge fan of the network. I'll I'll just say it, you know, it, it, so that's that's kind of what we're dealing with today is uh, a little diversity in our music taste. We're branching out. The kids are growing up. Um, we're talking mm-hmm. about some new wave music today. Slightly electronic. As I say every week, because uh, there's no escaping it, people always ask me on the street, on the phone, on the email. They say, "Chris Brady Denton, mm-hmm. you two are you two just love hanging out, right? You two are in the same room, just chatting it up and having fun." And I go, "I know, I know, I know. It sounds like we are in a professional podcast studio together, but that's not exactly the truth, is it? The truth is, we are in fact miles apart, many miles apart, thousands, someone say." Because of this, we are slightly disconnected. It forces me to ask Colin Brady, how are things in Seattle? Wow. Thank you, Chris. Uh, you know, things in Seattle are okay. I uh, I actually just, just got back to Seattle today. Or sorry, sorry, yesterday. I was actually down your way this, this last uh, weekend, maybe half week or so. And uh, purely purely out of distaste for, your, for you and, and uh, all that you represent, I, I avoided seeing I you down there. That's you know? right. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's a that. bummer. We we did try to re- do a live recording together. When I say live, I mean both of us actually in the same room. But um, logistics, am I right? Logistics, logistics. Ugh. The fact that L.A. is, as you mentioned so intelligently a few few weeks ago, L.A. is a car city. And if you don't have a car, mm-hmm. you are... That's really true. You're stuck on Amtrak. And, and I will say this. Even if you are in a car, you're not getting anywhere super fast. But oh, you know yeah, that's no. just that's just a, Maybe that's just a part of L.A. is it's kind of a car city. I do, <laughs> I do really feel that. It's true. Anyways. Anyway, um, yeah, Chris. I'm sorry to have missed you. I know. But I'm we're gonna We're going to get together soon. I, absolutely. I yeah. Maybe I, I'll have to come up to you. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Um, Dig a hole through the uh, earth to get to you. Anyway, Chris... Sadly, I wasn't able to see you, but I imagine your weekend was still at least all right. How was your weekend? Or last week, I should say. I mean, it was okay. I'm, I was really busy. I, I noticed there's there's kind of a, the last push before the holidays start, you know? Yeah. Because the holidays are coming up, the Thanksgiving's this next week. And I don't know, I kind of want to like, instead of saying something about my week, I just kind of want to have it. It's a time for a call to civility. Mm-hmm. It's 
I think we're, we're so divided in this nation. And I think, you know, it's, it's tomato, tomato. It's mm-hmm. avocado, avocado. You know, it's penis, dick. Aren't we all really just saying the same thing? It's true. It's true. What a beautiful sentiment, Chris. Why can't we all just come together this holiday season? Potato, potato. It's Brussels sprouts, Brussels sprouts. It's, you know, (laughs) vagina pussy. Why can't we just all uh, hear that we're saying the same thing in different terms, you know? So true. So true. I think if we we can all come together this this holiday season and, and just say avocado. It's kombucha, kombucha. It's yogurt, yogurt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. butthole, uh, ass hole. Whoa, whoa, no, not asshole. Oh, is that not oh, kidding that me? Line? Don't, you, oh, shit. Don't oh, no, dare, I'm sorry. Chris. Okay, Jesus. my bad. No, 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 I was wrong of me. I anyway, no, forget it, forget, forget, forget the whole thing, forget it. <laughs> Call the civility off. I forget, just cancel it. No, I no, cancel. But, but in, but on, in all reality, in all reality, you, you are, you are correct. You are correct. We, no, no, no. A lot of people out there are wrong. They're fucking idiots. It's crazy. It's dangerous out there. You know, if you hear someone saying tomato, avocado uh dick you know fucking you just just get the hell out they're different people are fundamentally different from each other Mm -hmm. Uh, we should give up now in any case i think it's people (laughs) that's a quick turnaround all right who who are trying to unite the people uh some people who are doing good in the world let's talk about green day Mm -hmm. and of course we got to keep up this is green day news So uh, it sounds like it's pretty much only one main story yeah, this yeah. week, but um, it has several parts. The American Music Awards is that is that right? That that's the only thing I can think of. It's the American Music Awards. We talked about the European Music Awards, but let's be honest; those are fucking kind of a lesser award. Yeah, you know? sadly. I I disagree with you about lesser albums, lesser songs, lesser people. But one thing I will agree with you is lesser award shows. And I think the uh, European Music Awards, kind of who cares? I hate to say it, too, because the audience at the European ones seem, seem a lot more into it. But Oh, it was better in every conceivable way. It was better in every way, but at the same time, is a lot smaller. It was beautifully handled. We should be so lucky to get like an EMA level uh, yeah, award show in yeah. America. But Green Day, our boys in blue, those GD guys, the Oakland Trio, they came up to the AMAs. They uh, played Father of All and Basket Case, celebrating once again, as they've been on a tear this year, the 25th anniversary of the album Dookie. First, I should say they were on the red carpet, of course, as you as you are on these events. And, and, and I just want to say uh, Billy Joe Armstrong, cool sunglasses. Mm. I want a pair of those sunglasses. Yeah. And Mike Durnt had a eyeliner drawn on mustache. Oh, I did not notice he had a, that. He had a penciled on mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Even on the red carpet, which was very interesting. Trey Cool, in a weird turn of events, actually looked the most normal of the three. Oh, that is kind of creepy. That's right? that's almost more creepy than some of the creepy shit Trey does usually. Yeah, it's to look normal. Yeah, because he's not supposed to be the normal one. I know. During the interview on the red carpet, all three of them were talking about the upcoming Hello Mega Tour, which of course we've covered a bit of. The they were asked, do, you know, do you feel competitive with these other bands? Of course, we're talking about Weezer and Fall Out Boy, their uh, fellow touring mates on the Hello Mega Tour coming up next year. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna bother asking, have you got them yet? I'm sure you have not. You kind <laughs> of a gun. And, and Billy said, uh, they're, you know, they're not competitive. They're past that level of their career. They don't care about that anymore. And they said they're probably going to be, to quote Billy playing a lot of bowling and drinking games with the other guys. 
<laughs> so, you know, I'm sure it's just going to be a party. A par- that's code for we're going to be bowling and drinking it up, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you know what I'm saying. Sneaky. If you, if you, have, you, have you kids joined the bowling club? You know what I mean? <laughs> You know I mean? Is this is this like smoking a bowl? Like I hope that's we're stacking fat bowls. Yeah. Well, at my high school, they had a. It was called the bowling club, and they like oh pretend really pretend to the administrators that it was a bowling like oh that is hilarious or hobby. But of course, the whole joke was that we they just at their club meetings they just uh, blaze all day, bro. They stack <laughs> fat bowls. Ah, oh, fire. Um, Four twenty. So I wonder if Billy's having a little fun there. Um, mm. But you know, I think it's safe to say he's off the wagon and he's hitching a ride. <laughs> but you know, good for. I hope he's, and I guess just to say, I love him, and I hope he's good. I just want him to be good. You know, no judgment at all. Well, a little judgment, just a small amount. And that's my cousin Colin, judgmental Brady. Um, you know, and that's okay. Yeah, it's you gotta, okay. He's you gotta judge half. a little bit. You know, how are people gonna I agree, get better? I agree. How are people gonna get better if you're not judging them a little bit, right? I agree. And, and I hope. I, agree I hope I'm getting judged a little bit. The words that come in your mouth are correct, and I agree. But there's something about him, Colin. I just, I can't. I can't stay away. Fair enough. It's Billy Joe Armstrong. I know. Um, And then something that was uh, kind of cool on the red carpet was they were talking about, Trey was joking with him that uh, they could play around 150 songs just off the top of their head. And and he was bragging that they could actually play anything in their catalog if you challenge them to. And they actually (laughs) handed Billy a guitar and said, oh, yeah, well, then play us something. And he played uh, a few seconds of the song She. Really, Dookie, which of course is a fan favorite, hmm. and uh, he just played acoustic there and sang really fast, and then uh, and then did a, a little bit of a second one. I forget what song it was, but it impressed everyone. Everyone was like, "Oh!" And, and how many other people are actually playing music on the red carpet? Yeah, uh, seriously. So that was actually a kind of a really nice moment. And at the end, Billy smiled genuinely and shook the guy's hand, and it, it was actually the nicest I've seen Billy act on uh, these publicity things in a long time. Oh gosh, you'll have to send me the link to that. I'm I'm excited so I to felt, see yeah, I felt a good genuine, about it. genuinely happy and nice Billy. Yeah, I was like, "There's hope for you, son." You're, wow. I think maybe he's finding equilibrium. I hope so. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Um, in any case, did you see the video of their performance? I did. Yes. Um, what are your thoughts on that? They I, played, I, of course, father of all followed by basket case. I did really enjoy just watching, uh, the rest of the audience, you know, watching, watching the, the show. And in particular, uh, you noted this down posty post Malone, um, was dancing <laughs> clearly pretty, pretty high. And, uh, was just super, out. Yeah. was just super into it too. Like he clearly like genuinely likes green day. I was, I was pretty stoked to see oh, that. We were um, talking last week of, about Billy Joe Armstrong and Posty hooking up after one of his shows. So mm-hmm. it's a nice, uh, you know, send up to see Posty looking so yeah. stoned and in the zone, just vibing out to green day. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of cute. Cowboy hat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not oh, a match. It it's cute. not the, the kind of match you'd expect, you know, but you know, opposites attract, of course, everyone knows. I think so. And, you know, and on top of that, just on, while we're on that note, I would say there was a lot of fun cuts to the audience. Like you said, that was probably the most fun part. And mm-hmm. everyone, I'd say, look tanked. I think yeah. the AMAs must be a pretty fun time. I think they get everyone thoroughly drunk. Oh, shocker. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of I mean, course, wait, are there any award shows where you don't get like trash, though? I've heard that about the Academy I, I, Awards. There were certain ones where they don't they don't serve at the awards ceremony uh, itself. You know, that seems weird. It seems like you'd want up. it seems like you'd want alcohol so that everyone gets you know kind of kind of loose and wild. That'd be the best for publicity, you know. But this is a prestigious institution. We don't <laughs> encourage dumb foolery or shenanigans, young man. I can't believe I forgot about that. Of course. 
Speaking of uh, some shenanigans on stage, during the performance of Father of All, the uh, first song, Billy, wearing a beautiful white uh, blazer, uh, rocking his kind of continuing his kind of glam rock look, mm-hmm. uh, they they shot a bunch of what was bloody money into the air uh, singing uh, Father of All, which, of course, it kind of references the lyrics about bloody blood and money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he caught one and, and rubbed it in his hands in the air, a, a bloody dollar bill. Uh, so that was kind of fun incorporation of the the song into the performance, I thought. And and I think it ties ties to a lot of their uh, their themes throughout their their career as well. And I, I guess we'll get into it a little bit in this album, actually. So during the transition from Father of All, they uh, started playing Basket Case, but for a second there, Billy played the the first few chords of Smells Like Teen Spirit. I can't believe you um, picked that out. Like, did you read that somewhere? Or did you like actually hear it? Well, I I had. Uh, seen a headline, and then when I was watching the video, of course, I was look, I was listening for it, and I and I heard it, and you can hear people kind of woo start to cheer for a second, mm-hmm. uh, and then he starts back at basket case, and of course, everyone cheers then again for mm-hmm. you know their biggest hit. Yeah. Billie Eilish, I should I should have mentioned, introduced him. Uh, you know, we talked about them hooking, meeting up in front of Rolling Stone a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, and and she introduced them saying, "Growing up, there was no band more important to me than Green Day or me and my brother." I, uh, her musical partner yeah i think the brother part of that is key yeah i think so too right because when they and i'm sorry if i'm taking billy too much to task for maybe her love of green day i know she's very young and 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 you know we were all posers when we were 17 but uh <laughs> when they cut to her and her brother in the audience during basket case you could see her brother singing every single word perfectly along with billy joe and she was just kind of bobbing her head and then noticing the camera she like stuck her tongue out at the camera and i was just like i don't think you know the words i think i think this further confirms our theory that she's a fake I green know. day fan after I'm saying sorry, all by I myself is her it. favorite song <laughs> like come on it's gross and gatekeepery <laughs> but i truly think i'm like i think your brother is a genuinely huge fan and you yeah. really like your brother and respect his taste but i don't think you actually sit down and listen to a green day record i think that's which is true. fine not every not just, everything's just for everyone, don't just don't act just like be, they're the most important yeah. band to you you know that's right let's just be honest about it here that's all it is uh, yeah but that said uh, at the end of the day i i actually wasn't super enamored with green day's performance at the amas mm-hmm. i uh i i have this weird little theory that i keep privately to myself that green Day is like an every other live performance kind of band oh come I on! i think for their tv performances i i think every time you see them live i think they feed off the audience and and when you see them for a two-hour extended period they have time to get into the right groove always mm-hmm. but i think when it's just a couple songs on tv it's really easy if you're not in the right space or or the audience is not you know to just kind of yeah slip out of the groove and it's just something doesn't click and i can think of several times and it's in kind of every other time i think it's kind of just not quite as magical interesting and so as i was saying i was getting emotional over the ema performance shot in this the most beautiful location in spain and in this play this performance the amas on this shitty stage with a bunch of people who you just feel like aren't that you know who just don't care. Oh my god! It just was different. I have the ex- I had the exact same reaction to the whole thing. I kept thinking back to the EMA one and thought, "Wow, the, that audience was so into it," you know. And in this one, it was kind of like some of the people are like kind of singing along, but there really wasn't like a full crowd, you know, vibe going on. It was weird too. At first, it seemed like I saw Billy like smiling quite a bit when they when we first started Basket Case, but it didn't seem to like infect the audience the way. 
I sort of expected it. Think, I mean, it's weird. They were there as like, oh, you've been, it was celebrating 25 years of Dookie. So it's just like, that's also withering too, is they're there as elder statesmen, as like the legacy act, which is so strange. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for a couple of generations who've grown up with Green Day, realizing now that they're on like, uh, you know, classic rock radio and things like that. That is such a weird thought. Yeah. So I think to us big fans, there's this sense of like, why isn't everyone freaking out all the time? Right. Yeah. So yeah. again, I didn't love the performance, but I, I, it did not diminish, of course, my love and respect for Green Day. And again, I think it's just a different set of circumstances yield a different performance. Absolutely. Yeah. Even of the same set. I'm, uh, I'm excited though to see that that red carpet little ditty. I think that might be. Yeah, it's actually sweet. Yeah. That was probably the best part of the night. Yeah, I imagine it would be. Yeah. Uh, it's time to that was that's all you know what's happening in modern day, but modern day kind of blows, doesn't it? So let's get out of here. Let's go all the way back when to <laughs> 2003. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. It's time for another edition of our famous segment, Where Were You? Where Were You? So, Colin, the album that we're reviewing today is, mm-hmm. of course, by the network called Money Money 2020. Uh, almost there in one year. Uh, if we were in 2019, <laughs> that is. But we're not. We're in 2003. It is September 2003 when this album is released. Mm-hmm. Where Were You? You know... I was trying to figure this out earlier. I, I'm not certain, but I think I was in Nepal at the time. Um, wow. Kathmandu. So you had moved yeah. from Bolivia when from we Bolivia. last yeah. checked in. Mm-hmm. And um, now we're living in Nepal. Now I'm living in Nepal. And yeah, yeah. We're like going to like an international school in Nepal. And I definitely never heard of the network once. Not until, you know, probably a decade later. So What were you all doing in Nepal? Uh, we, you know, you know, my pops, he does some work for, uh, international aid organizations basically. So we were, you know, moving around for him, for his, his work, you know, got, got some great experience overseas, enjoyed it in certain ways <laughs> and not another. Uh, does, does Nepal, this is part of my ignorance. Does Nepal speak Spanish as well? No, no. Um, they speak Nepalese. Oh, oh okay. Um, I see. I'm such yeah. an idiot. Oh, no, so, no so worries. you had been speaking Spanish as a for the past what like five years or something and mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. is suddenly is there a new language did you did is english spoken there as well or did you have to learn a whole new language well basically our our lives really centered around international areas so like we we lived in an area that was sort of populated by expats and then we went to school at the international school where there's lots of british people and whatnot and so i never had to learn any other language is what i'm trying to say Oh, so they said things like controversial. Um, but if you were really, if you really lived in Nepal, if you properly lived in Nepal, honestly, you would have to learn yeah. Nepalese for sure. Um, but, but you never uh, did. But yeah, no, I never did. We only lived there for about a year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it wasn't oh, a okay. huge, huge uh, blip, I would say. How about you, Chris? Were you uh, were you in Solana Beach you, at that time? Were you still? Yeah, in Del you're Mar- certainly was? a globetrotter. Uh, no, no, yeah, we were in Solana Beach uh, in San Diego area. Uh, I think I was in fourth or fifth grade at this time. I think fourth grade. Just b- basically the only story that's that's kind of related because again, Green Day wasn't really on my radar except for the radio airplay that I heard. Right. Uh, mostly was that I remember um, certain cool moms and certain cool oh. kids who I would know oh. talked about uh, that Green Day had played a secret show at the Belly Up in Solana Beach, which is our kind of our hip music mm-hmm. uh, nightclub. Belly Up a lot is of, very uh, cool, yeah. 
a lot of very cool bands actually passed through there. It's a legitimate venue. Yeah. And it was a huge deal that, that so and of course when they said that Green Day had played a secret show there, it was actually a the network show. Mm-hmm. And, and and again, I think it was a bunch of people who figured out that it was Green Day last minute and rushed. And so it was completely sold out and crowded out the door. And I wasn't in the know at the time, but I knew a bunch of cool kids who like stood outside the club in the back and just listened to mm-hmm. them play. Boy, that uh, is cool. And Green Day have passed through with both of their side projects, uh, The Belly Up in the past, and I've missed them both times. Oh, no. Uh, major regrets. But very cool that they were even in my hometown mm-hmm. promoting this project. So that's mm-hmm. my only little memory of that. That is cool. That is really cool. That was Where Were You? It connects to our new kind of bustling and, and uh, excited segment that kind of helps us find where the hell we are. This is Where Was Green Day? Where were you? This is important to kind of track what the hell is going on right now. Okay. In the year 2000, Green Day released their last official album, which was Warning. Of course, we reviewed that a couple albums ago. Check that out. Um, And unfortunately, even though we really like it, I think it has a good legacy. It was an underwhelming reception, Mm -hmm. both criminally underrated and, and critically. Yeah. Yeah. In 2001, they released their first best of international super hits and that went two times platinum but it also really didn't reinvigorate the band's fan base again they have this two times platinum number that seems to hit like that seems to be their true base of fans during the 90s usually when a band releases an underwhelming album and then follows it by a best of that's a sign that they're kind of winding down to add on to that fire in 2002, they released Shenanigans, which is a collection of B-sides, which, of course, we reviewed last week. Listen to that episode if you want to hear more about that. So if you were to hear about a band who had, in one year, an underwhelming album, the next year they released their best of, and then in the next year released a collection of B-sides, I'm pretty sure you'd think that band was in their final death throes. And I think that's that's the perfect basis for where they went next, too. You know, I completely agree. It might not have been as impressive if they had not been, you know about about to be uh, disbanded yeah i think that kind of sets the stage for what's this the project we're talking about today which is of course our album of the week money 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 2020 i'm cut you off you say it now (laughs) money money 2020 nice oh i like that i'd say money money 2020 oh damn i should have thought of that one this of course is the debut and only release from the band The Network. This was released in 2003 on Billy Joe Armstrong's independent record label, Adeline mm-hmm. Records. And there's a uh, follow-up in 2004. Uh, with, That's right. With two extra bonus tracks. And basically, this is a new wave band. The music style is very clearly different. There's a lot of synthesizers. There's a lot of vocal, electronic vocal effects. Uh, and it's heavily influenced by Devo and I'd say New Order and the Talking Heads you can hear in there as well, but mm-hmm. it's mostly Devo big time. Yeah, and I actually thought about uh, the B-52s quite a bit throughout the album too. Um, oh, cool, I don't know, yeah. I don't know if that's just because, yeah, my dad listens to a lot of B-52s, but that that was like sort of the first one that, that came to mind for me. Well, I think they're all that's all in the same genre, mm-hmm. and they're yeah they're kind of just playing around. This is their playground for this album. Yeah. You know, before I go any further, I really should say Green Day completely separated themselves from this project and disowned it and acted like it wasn't them so they came up with an entire annoying backstory Mm -hmm. 
of this entire fictional band. It's kind of hilarious, actually. I, I kind of respect all the, the thought that went into it. That's interesting, because I keep feeling like you're not the gorillas. Really? You know I think it's, it's so funny. I think it's so funny. Um, the members of the network, of course, are uh, Fink. This guy's named Fink. He's lead vocals, lead guitars. Uh, to quote is, it's just Billy with a sock on his head. So they dressed up in luchador masks and ski masks and different crazy bright kind of uh, aesthetics that blocked their identity and their music videos and press releasings. And uh, you can see that on the album art as well. It's the blurry photo of them in these ski masks playing guitar. Mm -hmm. um, so that's Fink. That's, of course, Billy Joe Armstrong. There is no denying it. Um, there's a bunch. There's a whole faction. There's a whole bunch of comments I saw about people being like, oh, I still don't know. Maybe they never. Oh, come but on. Mike Durnt has confirmed that it was them in 2012. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just really, frankly, I think the whole thing's annoying. I, I don't really like really? the mythology behind I it. I don't understand um, why. I, I feel like this is the I, kind of thing you'd enjoy. It's it's and it's that it's that Green Day tried to start. We'll get that in a second. They tried to start like a fake beef with the band. And it was yeah. just all this fake. <laughs> I thought that theater, was funny. And I just don't. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, Durnt, Mike Durnt is Van Gogh, and he's lead vocals, bass guitar, of course. And and a cool thing about the album is we actually get to hear Durnt sing a lot more. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that's really fun. Mm -hmm. uh, that's of course is followed up by who's that, Colin? The Snoo, which is uh, Trey the Cool. The Snoo on that's uh, drums. Cool. Yeah. And I wonder if they each got to pick their own names. I imagine they did. I think so, yeah. Follow that is uh, Z, who's Chris Dugan. And I guess he's a uh, keyboards, backing vocals. And he is uh, the sound engineer for the album. And I think he's worked with Green Day a lot. And he did the production on the Green Day B-side, Governator, <laughs> which I think is a B-side that we both like. Yeah, that's that's funny to think about. I, I haven't heard that song in years, but it's a great, great track. After that was Captain Underpants playing the guitar and backing vocals. Um, and he's believed to be, uh, you know, he's he's Rito Peter, who's a Swiss producer, Swiss producer, who is a Swiss producer. Good attempt. Yeah, thank you. All those S's swish me up. Shush. And then Balducci, of course, is the final member of the network, and that is uh, the rhythm guitar and backing vocals. Of course, that is Jason White, mm -hmm. Green Day's now famous uh, second guitarist, who started as a touring guitarist and is now kind of officially part of the band. I think he's technically not part of the band anymore again. Never mind. He can go fuck himself. Forget but it. I, I don't know why, because he still plays with them. No, Jason White said, so. yeah, he's out. I, I don't care for him anymore. <laughs> I thought he was in, but he's out. And then as I was talking about uh, Green... So this was released on Billy Joe's record label. All these people with their fake names sound like Green Day. And Warner Chapel Music uh, proved that it was Green Day uh, involved in the network by citing the three Green Day members uh, have writing credits for the network's album Money Money 2020. So they actually looked into the papers and found that mm -hmm. they actually are all credited. So if they really cared, they would have released it um, and not given themselves credit and not had taken any of the money. But they weren't that dedicated to the to I the see. Break. So this is, where, this is where you have a problem with the story. I think that maybe they didn't go all in. Maybe that's my issue. So if they had decided not to take money for it, you would have been okay with it. If they truly could have hidden their identities, that would have been badass. But there's so many lazy things that just like, this is obviously it's you. So don't, why are you pretending? Mm -hmm. Like list it, uh, like get fake identities and list these songs under the fake identities, you know, and don't collect that money because you yeah. have enough. And this is just a hilarious prank. <laughs> you know, so there's all these rumors circulating that everyone's going, oh, the network's just Green Day. And Billy kind of took it up a notch when he said, 
I just wanted to talk about the rumors and the bullshit that's been going on lately. All I got to say is, fuck the network. These guys are totally spreading rumors. I try to do those guys a favor by bringing them to this country and putting out their record, and this is how I get repaid, by talking shit about my band. Unfortunately, there is a contract and I have to put out their record. The only thing I can say is, fuck you, network. Bring it on. Billy Joe Armstrong. Boy. Those are some fighting words, you know. It's hard to believe. So he's talking they're... about himself there. It's hard to believe. Are you sure, though? Are you sure it's them? Maybe that. Maybe oh, it is someone up, else. Colin. Oh my god! Oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No. I think it's. I think it's hilarious um, that you think it's so annoying. This I don't is the understand. Only one. They released one and done. Yep. Um, and I guess on their uh, website, which is also linked to Green Day, so again, nice try oh, there. Oh God! Yeah, they, they said in 2009 that they were planning on releasing a second record called Omega 3000, which I think would be a cool name for this a second version of this project. Mm-hmm. And that's a song they'd written, but if so far that has never been seen. The singles okay. for this album were Joe Robot and Teenagers from Mars, which is a Misfits cover. We'll get to that in just one second. The network's only album, Money Money 2020, uh, is, is rumored to be related to Cigarettes and Valentines, which is actually Green Day's long lost record that uh, diehard fans, that's fan right. cliche. Diehard fans. Fan cliche. Fan. Oh, that's a fan cliche for next week, though. Oh, that's true. Well, it can be both. We're going to get it can into be both, that. Though, right? It can be both. Okay. Will you pardon us two fan cliches? Fan cliche. <laughs> I beg it. I beg of you that you will. Just the general idea is Cigarettes and Valentine's, just a long lost album that they recorded uh, just prior to American Idiot. And I guess I'll hold off on the details till next week, but it's an interesting story. Yeah, and apparently Billy Joe denied that, but he was denying a lot of things that were mm-hmm. patently true mm-hmm. at this time. So who knows? You know, and like now that I think about it too, though, like they have some, they have some uh, cigarettes and Valentine songs like on live albums, and none of these songs sound anything like it. So I don't, I don't think they're really connected, honestly. And in any case, we're like running long, so I think we just need to hop into the one by one. Yeah, let's do it. All I want to say before we hop in is I was surprised how I didn't really know this album as well as anything else. You mm-hmm. know, because it's not technically canon. Yeah. I really found was surprised by how much I enjoyed this album. Oh man, that's that's all I'm gonna say. Wow. Uh oh. Two weeks in a We're row. Fight some more. Uh oh. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> the gloves are coming off. I don't. I don't hate the record. Is, let's let's get into the one by ones. But you know, it's not great. This is money, money, twenty twenty. Just one year away. By the way, when you Google money, money, twenty twenty, there's a bunch of like uh like financial firms and advertisements that pop up oh, of course the the album you have to the album doesn't read so much you have to be more specific sounds like a terrible television advertisement for making money make money fast yeah, like money money 2020 do you want to be save. a millionaire in two weeks blah yeah. blah make 2020 your year <laughs> text money money 2020 to the number on your screen <laughs> in any case track one here on money money 2020 text now is joe robot i i think trey cool gets a nice break during this album a lot of very simple drums mm-hmm. uh, kind of meant to sound like a drum machine right right i mean there's you that know, voice. And immediately you can just hear the stylistic difference yeah there's that synth riff there's the basic drums in the background and of course there's mike singing there and there's all these effects. It's just, it, again, you can very clearly hear mimicking Devo and these other new wave kind of bands. Yeah. It just, it kind of sounds to me like they, like, like you know, were in the the audio editor or whatever they were using and they, like, decided, oh, let's try this effect. Let's try this effect. And just, like, threw in all sorts of random effects that didn't really match, you know? 
I, I like this song to be honest, but I, I there's not a lot of content on it. Mm-hmm. I, I went on I like going on songmeanings.com because uh, I like I like getting a wide array where anyone can comment on what a song means, and right. I like to get that oh, yeah. kind of a wide spread, a, a large test group, if you will. I like that too. Yeah, and there was just a couple comments. There's literally only two, and I I have both of them here because I thought they both really it discussed what this song is all about in in so few words. And its first comment here was. I think this is a typical Green Day song about a story, like most of them. <laughs> Joe Robot rocks. I think this is a typical Green Day song about a story, like most of them. Joe Robot rocks. So it is a story. Clearly, I don't know what the story is, but it is. That was Australian <laughs> idiot on uh, June fourth, two thousand five. The only other comment was Joe Robot is a metaphor for our lives. Smiley face. See, both of those comments pretty clearly make it seem like there's nothing to that song you know that was stop the car on january uh 2007 and yeah i i think it's a story that only the band members could know yeah yeah and it's not clear I, yeah i don't want to say this too early but that's kind of how i feel about a lot of this album is, is the lyrics are yeah, pretty I, I aimless could agree with you on that they're pretty aimless they don't really mean anything <laughs> most of the time i mean it kind of feels like the transistors went wild it right? does. It really does feel that yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, it makes you say, these transistors gone wild. <laughs> Here's track two, transistors gone wild. This one might actually be one of my favorites. Really? Why? I know it's very simple, but I really like the riff that's half, the, the hook is half sung by Billy, mm-hmm. half by Mike. And you can hear how rough and tumble Billy's voice is and how kind of smooth and 80s retro Mike's is. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I think this just succeeds at what it's trying to be. I, Which is just like a new wave yeah. uh, kind of this. I don't know this type of song. Yeah, it sounds like it. You know, I, I will say that I think this whole album really like it, it succeeds at what it, what they're trying to do. They're clearly like not trying to do anything particularly. Well, they're not taking themselves too seriously. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah. sort of and not a joke. I don't want to say playing joke, with the genre. Like, yeah, exactly. It's a uh, yeah experimental, I guess. Of transistors gone wild uh, again. A lot. I'm just gonna be reading a bunch of comments here, okay? Because it's it's no one has written about this album really in an official capacity. Um, so it's a lot of speculation, but that's fun too. That's kind of why we're here, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's all we do. Actually, it's adventurous. For blind speculation. Yeah. Transistor's Gone Wild. I found some comments that said uh, this was in response to people thinking that this was kind of a random project where they were just throwing words together to make lyrics, mm-hmm. which I think you might agree with. I think they are. But this yeah. person said, Amoeba Chiba on May uh, 2008 said, Yo, Fruitcake and Pete, the word is influence, guys, as in BJ is a musical fucking genius who has been influenced <laughs> by others who are musically inclined. Fuck face. So the, I don't know what I mean, really led to that reaction Jesus. and the comments for Transistors Gone Wild, but someone like that, he was upset. I like, mean, I don't, I don't disagree with Amoeba Chiba, but I don't think this yeah. song is, is well, quite, that, is quite the, DJ uh, is a musical fucking genius. Yeah, no, he is a musical fucking genius and he has been influenced, been influenced by, by others who are, who are musically inclined. inclined. <laughs> no, I agree with that, but, but I don't think this song is really representative of that fact is all it comes down to. Well, here's something that you might like a little bit more, Colin, because yeah, yeah. I think you're a fan of this song, is uh, 
the a lyric mm, in the song I I, "Transistors Gone Wild" is this is yeah. age of make believe or a reality series television murder city dreaming of tomorrow am I alive or fantasy? So uh, very existential songs. I I think this song is kind of about you know society crumbling and falling apart. Mm-hmm. It's all about kind of the technological age and the dangers therein. Yeah. But the lyric he had there was "murder city." Yep. That phrase and the age of make believe. I can't even remember what song that's in, but that's in a different Green Day song too. But murder. Murder City, of course, yeah. is a song off of 21st Century Breakdown that, I, if I recall correctly, you're quite fond of. I, I like it, yeah. yeah. It's not my like favorite, but it's a good song for sure. All right. Well, then, you know, fuck you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank but anyways, you for I, so, But again, a little interconnectivity, as Billy Joe mm-hmm. is wont yeah. to do, between now, now not between only between songs on albums, but between projects. Shit, the network should so sue Green Day for stealing their lyrics. Yeah, because they're different people. Yes. And they should really have exactly. the entire, the money doesn't all go to the same place. No, it does not. I don't know, man. Uh, you know what I also don't know? Hmm. I don't know about this Rado. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about the guy himself or a, or the song. Yeah, this is track three. It's called Rato. That is Rito, but anyway. Rito. No, you're right. Is it? I don't know. I, maybe it's pronounced penis. I don't fucking know, man. God, you always default to penis. Rito. Um, it's uh, so one of the band members is Rito Peter. Rito Peter, uh, <laughs> who mixed most of the album. He was the engineer. And uh, I, I don't know the song. I like the lyrics actually. I kind of like this one. It's a perverse computer whiz, mm-hmm. a brand new computer and a brand new wife. I, I wrote down, "Can you imagine wanting to fuck your calculator?" <laughs> and I feel like maybe that's kind of what this is about. Like what yeah. happens when computers can do everything for us? And I'm talking everything. What are your thoughts on this one, Colin? Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I kind of. This was actually one of the main songs on this album that gave me those B-52s vibes I was talking about. Something about his voice in this song, oh, you yeah. know, it reminds me of, like, Rock Lobster or something. Still not a super big fan of it, honestly. I mean, it's, it is what it is, but I, I really enjoy it. I was bouncing along to this album. I think this is a dancey album. Okay. To be, I, I would play this at a party. Wow. I, I like it. That's bold. Um, speak, speaking of dancing at a party, this next one's Supermodel Robots, track four, and this one I could dance all day to. Check this out. It's kind of got kind of that fun uh, move along drum. It does. <laughs> yeah. Now here we go. The network could sue uh, All American Reject. This is a fun bouncy riff, a fun bouncy song. Yeah. Um, I, I I pulled a couple comments on this one. It's called Supermodel Robots. Of course, this is track four, and people commenting on what it meant said. This song just mainly screams to me lesbians and getting wasted. IDK. That I think was Green that, Day 101. I, I think that surprisingly sums up this song pretty well, actually. It might. I, this next one might as well. It says, uh, does anyone else think that these lyrics were written completely randomly with the only requirement that it rhymes every now and then? <laughs> I literally had that exact thought. I think that's what you were trying to say, right? Multiple, that's it, multiple times right? this album, and especially this song, I kept yeah. thinking, like, I don't even think they were trying to make sense. I think it literally it, exactly what this comment says. Thank you, 39 Smooth yeah. from in 2005. And then someone else said, I think this song could make sense, but I can't figure out what it means. Which is also <laughs> saying the same thing. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, and that was Money Money 2020. Big fan there. Mm-hmm. Uh, people had also suggested this was about plastic surgery about someone who keeps keeps changing all these things about themselves uh and, and and to be a supermodel you essentially have to be like a robot okay you know actually that's kind of that's kind of accurate now that i think about it like the, i was having the odd feeling of being like i would like to dance to this song at my wedding yeah this is very dancey song it is catchy it is catchy i'm into supermodel robots of course what can you do 
I'm curious to, to hear what you think about this next one. This is next is track five. It's Money Money 2020, the title track. That's right. Anytime it doesn't sound like Billy, which is really distinct, it's Mike. Yeah. It's interesting because Mike does not have the voice you'd expect him to have just, you know, hearing him. I think he's got actually a very pretty voice. I know. It's pretty good. If Billy wasn't there, he would definitely be the singer and do it well. Yeah. yeah. I like it, I guess. So I, 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 I don't know. It's I, a I'm mood. not. I think it's a vibe. Yeah, it's a vibe. And it's definitely different than a lot of the album. The lyrics are very simple, but very ominous. Yeah. Uh, it talks about uh, the bloody gang of three deep divisions. Um, and someone had noted that perhaps this was political. This was, again, written you know, around 2002, 2003. Bush and you know, 9-11, a lot of political upheaval at that time. And, and they were suggesting that maybe this bloody gang of three deep divisions was the Senate, the House, uh, and the President. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, and it definitely it would definitely but lead I, into their next album quite well. But I think it is. It definitely it does have some kind of uh, or sorry, excuse me. About the Green Day's times. next album, not the Network's next. Album. Yes, not the Network. Yeah, I know. Green Day took influence from the Network. I, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine they did. <laughs> Track six here is probably a dividing line for people. Yeah, I could see this uh, definitely. Right. Some people definitely would hate Spike. this. Some people would absolutely love it. You know bike and you're you're by to about to either love it or hate it because billy's talking so much i'm just going to play a very small section of this uh, just because it would be annoying to hear three people talking at once two is annoying enough <laughs> hey this is brandon but my friends call me spike now I just essentially this is billy joe playing a character about kind of a young junkie and it's just the verses are him calling different people looking to try to score a hit mm-hmm and then the chorus is Billy and the band rocking out uh, to this one kind of little hook. It calls to mind for me some serious uh, sweater song vibes from uh, the Blue Album by Weezer. This song apparently is inspired by some of Billy's real-life experiences. Uh, he did used to live in a warehouse in Oakland mm-hmm. uh, with several other punk rock bands. And and so, you know, this I'm sure a lot of this kind of rings true to, to his youth, etc. It is a pretty depressing song. I hope it's not completely about Billy, but it probably is. I mean, it's pretty humorous. I think he actually shows off his chops as a pretty good actor in this. <laughs> Because uh, he carries the song with his performance. Yeah, no, it's it's well uh, done. I just think it's like sad the whole thing, the story. I mean, I honestly think this is one of the one of the best songs on this album. Like, it's probably in the top three. That's so funny of you, for dude. me. Because I was gonna say, oddly, this is one not one I would cut. And when I was listening to this, it was not one I skipped. I thought I'd skip it more. Yeah. And I, like, no, I like listen. It's to it interesting. Like, yeah. It's it's fun. It's actually enjoyable to listen to. Yeah. Good for you, Spike. I don't know if we should we should be uh, complimenting Spike, but well, it's like a satire. I think it's funny. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you. It's not oh, endorsing no, it's the def- morals of the song. Not is not endorsing. Definitely being not a junkie. endorsing. It's, uh, it's kind of making. It's mocking this guy, if anything. Oh, it is. It is. Uh, but like, he's such a. It's just sad. It's just loser. sad to even like think about this poor Spike character. You, sometimes things are too sad, and I find it best not to think of them. Exactly. I mean, speaking of things that are hard to think of. Love this and track money. seven, love and money. Ugh. <laughs> they call that a double threat. This is another one that I think is is interesting the way they've written it because every line is yeah. like I don't know a few syllables basically. I don't. I, it just doesn't really draw my interest in the, in the long run. And it also, it's another one where they just it felt to me like they're throwing words together that worked and it didn't mean anything. I, I well, I completely agree with you. I, I mean, I think it's uh, musically. I'm not super into this one. Yeah, the lyrics are just really it's 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 mixes. It's a way to get high in a stressful moment. And so basically, it's like love and money 
lyric aggregator would be something like sniffing glue, staying up sweating all night, mm-hmm. but chugging bleach, your boss forgetting your wife's name. <laughs> you know, it just that's kind of what the lyrics are to break them down. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you're listening to the song, you might not catch it, but when you when you just read the lyrics along with the song, like I did in preparation, it's <laughs> like, oh, this is like every other just. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't find any depth in it. No, I didn't find any. Depth I felt in the it, exact you know? same way. I think it was it was yeah. a mistake on my part. I, I read the lyrics before I actually listened to the song it's, and yeah. thought it was just idiotic. It's like licking a toad, having to clean the shower. Luckily, it's very short. A lot of these songs are very short, mm-hmm. so uh, you know if you hate it, it's you can skip it or it's over in a minute. <laughs> Speaking of ones that I really uh, enjoy skipping and not that into, this is Right Hand Rama <laughs> track eight. You're gonna fucking hate me, but this is like probably my second favorite on the album. Oh my God, Colin! What is wrong with you? It's, Jesus Christ! It's man. not. It's not for the lyrics. I swear. I swear. I just. I like. I mean, the only reason to like it is this a, is another jerking it anthem. No, that's not. That's not why either. It's like once you get to the chorus, it's really catchy. It's really- I think it's annoying and redundant. I mean, yeah, it's not a good song, but it's like totally for this album at least, it's pretty good. Because <laughs> it's the most like Green Day. That's maybe why I don't like it. I'm like, well, this is just like a shitty Green Day song. That's that's but, so right. Oh my god, I didn't think about that. Yeah, but really, but all the others yeah. actually sound like they're going for this new wave thing. Yeah, this no. one just sounds like a, a seaside. You're for, so for right. Green Day You're recording. so right. Yeah. But like for me, um, for me compared to the rest of the album, this sounds you know somewhat interesting at least. Well, maybe maybe you're just not that into new wave. I'm not. No, I never have been. That's that's a fact. Yeah, I generally am not. I've been. I really was enjoying these tracks. I can enjoy a little bit, but yeah, I, 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 this one's funny. It's it's right hand Rama. The some of the lyrics are Pamela and her five sisters are giving me a case of nasty blisters, <laughs> a third degree burn going straight to my head. I guess my pipes are a little rusted. And you know, you don't need to be a rocket scientist uh, to figure out that is about yeah. jerking it. Yeah. And it's another one uh, of many uh, Green Day Jurgen. It's called the Right Hand of Rama. Um, <laughs> that should be the biggest giveaway. Yeah. It's, it's so he's kind of fashioning it as it's a dance I do called the Right Hand of Rama, and uh, you know it's about going to the store to buy a nudie mag to uh, to to go jerking it. Mm-hmm. And and I, as, apparently this is the same riff as Little Bit of Soul by the Ramones, which is interesting. So maybe another reason it's, it is a little more rocky. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the reason you like it a bit more yeah i could see that and uh, and a comment one comment that i found that i had to keep was uh this song is clearly about masturbation this matter seems to be very pleasant to green day <laughs> smiley face anyway well put great well song. put yeah that was uh Hillary bella in 2006 thank you Hillary bella wow. um but i love it this matter seems to be very pleasant to green day <laughs> and i have to say it's so weird that you, this is actually my least favorite on the album i think i would cut this wow wow I mean, I would cut this whole album, but... Oh, my God. Okay, you know what? For saying that, we need to play a game of Rochambeau, buddy. (laughs) Track nine. You deny that this is a good song. This is Rochambeau off of Money Money 2020. I think this is the one point where we're going to feel very, very close. I I I suspect, at least. I fucking hope so. I suspect. I think this is very clearly the best song on the album. I completely agree. Okay, good. This Uh, song's been stuck in my head all week. I love this song. Like, I would actually listen to this song on a proper Green Day album or something. You know, whatever. I can't imagine there was a time in my life I didn't know this song and have it all the time. I really think it's very pretty. Wow. I think that 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 weird voice in the background, too, is very, like, fresh and interesting. I don't know, like, why, what it's saying or anything about it. Oh, like the the whispered... Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I actually pulled a comment that said, I like this song very much. What do you think the breaths in the background mean? To me, it's a guy having an orgasm <laughs> or someone agonizing. Both are reasonable. Oh, wow. And again, that was Hilary Bella. Oh, my God. Hilary Bella. Thank you, Hilary Bella. If you Brilliant. hear this, please contact. We'd love to have you on the show. Jeez, yeah. You, you've said some truly legendary comments on this uh, site here. Mm -hmm. But apparently someone answered that it is the backgrounds or the vocals being repeated in a very slow and a very breathy voice. Interesting. Okay. It's like slowed down. So it's like, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, according to Urban Dictionary, Rochambeau, which is the title of the thing, is a game to kick each other in the balls over an object. Last one standing wins. Example, hey Pip, I'll Rochambeau you for that arrowhead. Oh boy. I, so, I always thought Rochambeau was just rock, paper, scissors, but... That's what I always thought too, I'm, but I guess I'm, this is the... Yeah. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna I mean, hear that word again. I know Green Day trades in the Urban Dictionary, not the actual dictionary. True, so. true, yeah. But I think that actually adds so much more meaning to the song. Is it's it's a beautiful love song. It's about all these things he doesn't believe in. All I believe in is you, and it's called Rochambeau. It's about this game of two people literally kicking themselves in the ball, seeing who can stand <laughs> last one standing. And is that not love? <laughs> Is that not love said the romantic? Depressingly true. Depressingly true, Chris. This is track 10. This is Hungry Hungry Models. I believe uh, Trey Cool wrote this one. Oh, interesting. Kind of more of a chill synthwave vibe, which I enjoy. Some of the lyrics here are, Baby, I need a jacket. I see through that skirt. Purple plastic earrings. Finger down her throat. So it's all these spastic thoughts, kind of, again, throwing a bunch of just random lyrics together. Kind of describes a model's life, you know, eating disorders and all kind of the sad things that come with that. I guess they have a few songs about models here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are, what are these guys, rock stars or something? If, if you subscribe to the idea that uh, Supermodel Robots is actually about something and not just random words. I, I like it, it, but it's more of a vibe, you know, I don't really... Yeah, I, I, I agree. The song contains I, I could see someone with a very specific taste really liking the song, but it's it's not really for me. Whatever, man. Let's just keep blasting through this. Uh, you know, it's it's disheartening to hear this from you. More and more, I just feel like we live in a spastic society. <laughs> nice. Here's uh, track 11, Spastic Society. Mm -hmm. uh, do you like this a bit more? I, uh... I guess this the, the, main, the main takeaway from this one was just that it was more meaningless words thrown together, I guess. Well, I know someone who disagrees. Uh, this is another comment return. Uh, this is Stop the Car, wrote in 2007. This is a long one, I do apologize. Okay. Uh, but it, I had nothing to say about this song, so I, I let Stop the Car speak for me. Okay. Stop the Car 2007 again. Stop the Car, if you want to be in the show, please contact us. I'd love to have you on. And Stop the Car said, I think this song is so clever, Spastic Society, that is. When I was listening to this song, each of the random words reminded me of something. Definition made me think of high-definition TVs. Prescription made me think of depression and being prescribed Prozac or something. Centerfold made me think of celebrity or porn magazines. I think the song was designed to make the listener think about why we associate these words with these sort of things. And it's because of the media's influence over our lives. I believe this makes sense, this sort of mission statement from the network. Their quest is to dominate the airwaves, thus getting rid of the mindless shit that's been dominating the radio and television. So it makes sense for the song to be about the society we are living in, how we depend on television, magazines, whatever, to escape our own reality and live someone else's. Wow. Stop the car in 2007. I gotta say, that that uh, was really thoughtful. 
I know. I found that on Breitbart. Did you like that? On what? On Breitbart News. Oh, God. <laughs> so you thought that was thoughtful, huh? <laughs> you liar. So you damn liar. It can't be true. <laughs> I guess when they put it that way, maybe there's something to it. I'm just not sure. They might just be seeing patterns where there aren't. I don't none. think there's much to yeah. it. Yeah. I, I agree that these are the ideas that Green Deer are peddling in because they're also working on American Idiot around this time too. That's true, yeah. Um, and so th- and they're clearly getting political. So of course I think these ideas are in the song somewhere, but I do think they're applying far too much meaning to... They're playing like Scrabble in their mind with all these That's words. That's what it feels like. And applying yeah. meaning to it. At the same time though, I mean, I think like even though they weren't trying to do that, Green Day, that is, I think it is sort of the mark of a, of a really talented, at least popular music artist to write lyrics in such a way that lots of people can ascribe their own specific meaning to it you know that's true to inspire people to project onto their the song exactly themselves. yeah make it just generic enough for people to be able to put their own story on it but specific enough that it seems like it's about their story you know i mean that that's an underappreciated skill i completely agree yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of these pop, they get me. Oh, your song's so simple. It's like, well, why do you think that works? Like, it's a massive hit because it connects to everyone. Yeah, yeah. Basket you know, case. That's who I'm there writing for is everyone. Yeah. It's just a different type of songwriting. Yeah. In any case, that's whatever. Spastic society. We're, you know, we're 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 juggling a lot of big <laughs> ideas here. But something that you know, the highest king to the the lowliest peasant can all agree is we like hamburgers, don't we? Oh man, who doesn't? That's that's track twelve is a X-ray hamburger. More more basic. This is drums. very futuristic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about the evolution of humanity through technology, and it's it's kind of funny. It's called X-ray hamburger. It's it's kind of talking about everything's evolving so fast that we will one day have an X-ray hamburger, and then the song reveals at the very end that uh, we will eventually become the X-ray hamburger. Oh boy! Now scary. You can either you can ask yourself they were either stoned as shit when they wrote these lyrics or. Or, yeah, it's kind of a fantastical comment that, you know, we think we can upgrade everything around us without changing ourselves. But the truth is we are truly changing the fundamentals of what, you know, the fundamental nature of what we are. And pretty soon we'll have X-ray hamburger. We will be the X-ray hamburger. Oh, shit. I think they're talking about cyborgs here. Yeah, I think it was the first Cyborg burger. Cyborg, cyburger. (gasps) Cyburgers. Okay, mute. Burger chain. We need to open it right now. Cyburgers. Retro futurism. Retro futurism. Burger joint. Cyburgers. I just feel like there's enough. There's enough like burger places out there. You know. All right. Okay. Market. Forget it. What yeah. do you What do you think about this song, then? Huh? I just don't think it's very good. <laughs> I think like okay. all in all, like the lyrics, the instrumentals, like everything's kind of boring. I'm not gonna fight you. And like you said, like I'm they're probably just you. they're probably just stoned when they wrote it anyway. Like, not saying you know you can't have good ideas when you're stoned, but. But it helps. It does. Yeah, it's. I'm not going to fight you on this. I, I I don't really have strong feelings either. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a vibe. I don't skip it. That's for sure. Speaking of one, I actually might skip. This is track 13, Teenagers from Mars. This is a Misfits cover. Before I embarrass myself and <laughs> say that this really this really sounds did, like the Misfits. Did you realize though the first time around? I, I did. I did. Okay. I actually knew coming in that this was a Misfits cover. Okay. I like this song. Honestly, I, I, you do. I do. Yeah, I like the Misfits version. I like this version both, somewhat. You know, the network's cover here was included on Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. Do you, Do you like the which one? Do you like which version? Do you like more? Yeah, that's a good question. I, yeah, I listened to both, and um, I have to say, I actually think I like the network's version better. Yeah, 
I think I know I'm probably, probably gonna get hung. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with you too, actually. Do you agree? And I think that's only because like neither of us are probably like huge Misfits like fans, you know. But anyone anyone who likes the Misfits is probably like a super fan, you know. It's either like all yeah, or nothing exactly. for the Misfits. So. Yeah, I've never gotten super into them. Me I, I know them. I, they're actually a, a, one of the, these actual kind of you know goth punk bans I actually know a little bit yeah. more of. I'm not a, an incredible poser in that regard. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, and, and honestly, I think it's because I'm an, uh, maybe more of an audio snob, but it's just the fidelity of the audio recording. Oh, okay. The Misfits version is just so blown out. And I know that's probably why people like it is how fuzzy the guitars are and how raw and real it is man mm -hmm. but i actually kind of like this green day more electronic cover of it i think it lets the melody which i think is pretty good stand out yeah. and it fits the ideas more which is kind of teenagers from mars it's kind of this uh, future it's all about I, I interpret it to be how you know society media culture whatever the fuck have you yeah is is so crazy and wild everything's so crazy and wild that like the teenagers from mars and we don't care like the in the invasions already happened and we don't you know we're we're blind to it just from like like every everything is changing everything is changing constantly and we're not like aware of it basically like we're becoming martians essentially it, i think it's just this, this disconnect from what's coming and feeling like we've been so desensitized by you know media and culture i think that's yeah i think that's a thoughtful view on it for sure but mostly i thought it was just kind of a fun cover yeah uh, i always like hearing those covers TN guys uh cover stuff yeah. the network guy <laughs> lowercase t if if it's even there you know because the is, is a lower class word oh you with your your outdated ways i don't like this oh no all words God. are created equal no 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 but i'll tell you one thing that's not created equal and that's avengers colin i've never asked you this what? sidebar okay sidebar yeah can we talk heroes for a second let's talk heroes for a second Oh God! You're gonna hate what I have to say. Yeah, let's hear it. Is your who's your favorite Avenger? My favorite Avenger? Ugh, who cares? Yeah. The Avengers are all lame. No, that's not true. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You could even say that. <sighs> you could even get through the sentence. You take that back now. Well, I I believe that. I just know that I'm gonna be hung if I say it out loud. Just it's a simple question. I'm who's trying to remember Avenger, all Colin? the Avengers right now. Let's see. Oh, probably Iron Man. Look realistically. I mean, who's who's okay. isn't Iron Man though? Really, right? Need to. Well, no. I'd say some people. Uh, their favorite Avenger is Thor, believe it or not. What? And I think a large reason they like Thor is because it's fucking. Because he man. wields what? the hammer of the gods. Oh, God. <laughs> I respect it. That was that the coming? best. No, I did not. That was the best transition I've, I've heard <laughs> this entire show. I thought that was obvious. No, no. This is leads us to track 14, of course, which is Hammer of the Gods. Uh, these last two tracks were included with the bonus release in 2004 off a of reprise. But nonetheless, I think it's a worthy uh, closer. I don't know. This this one is uh, more of I don't think it's very interesting. More that more of I don't think it's very interesting. Yeah. Huh? The lyrics I pulled that I like again, I think I like how kind of campy the melody is. It sounds like this would be on the He-Man soundtrack or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I just I enjoy them just having fun with these these instruments they don't get to play with a lot but the lyrics i pulled were puritan inside your heart turning night into art which i actually like i like turning night into art i think that's a little haiku of a beautiful sentiment that's, that's a good lyric you know definitely yeah but it's i don't think the whole the whole song is quite that articulate i mean it's just epic this is like heavy metal or uh i don't know any of those great like 80s cartoons sci-fi cartoons mm -hmm. this is has that i don't know i'm for it well, I mean, that's all she wrote. Yeah, man. that's Hammer yeah. of the Gods. That's Money, Money, Twenty Twenty. 
So, Chris, I, 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 I know you're going to hate what I have to say about it, but I, I want to hear what would you what would you cut? What would you keep? What would you rearrange? All right. Yeah, you know, and in many ways, I, I think like an EP would be better for this type of thing. Exactly. But the project was that they were having fun with this new style. They made an amount of songs and they released an album and they went on a tour with that album. A lot of smaller shows and and they needed enough material to play a show because they weren't playing as Green Day. They were playing as the network and they only played network songs. Right, right. So in any one night, they would cover all of these songs. You know, that was their entire set. Yeah. And probably maybe a few other covers or something. But, you know, I, I think, yeah, artistically, years later, you look back and go like, oh, this should be an EP. But like thinking about what their goal was at the time, I think it makes perfect sense to have all the extra songs mm-hmm. just so that they can play a full set. True, true. Uh, but that said, I will, I'm will. i going to go through and cut a few. So basically, here's uh, that was me stalling. But this number one is Joe Robot. I like Joe Robot. I keep that. Yeah. Two, Transistors, Transistors Gone Wild. I uh, can't do tease with that San Diego accent. Transistors Gone Wild. I really like that one. That's one of my favorites, actually. Rato, Rito, Rato, Rato. I would, uh, I'd keep that as well. Supermodel Robots. Yeah, I'd keep that. Oh, my God. Money, money, 2020. I would definitely keep. I think that's a vibe. Spike, I would keep as well. I'm surprised that I'd keep it. I thought I'd cut it by the end of this week, but I actually haven't gotten tired of it. Mm-hmm. Track seven, Love and Money. I'd cut that. I'll be real. I'm not, I don't love everything. Right Hand Arama, track eight, I'd cut that. <laughs> Rochambeau is probably the best on the album. Obviously, we keep that. Hungry Hungry Models also like Spastic Society. I'd probably cut Spastic Society. Yeah. Um, X-Ray Hamburger, I'd keep. Teenagers from Mars. I guess I'd keep out of respect to the Misfits, but I don't, it's not one of my favorites. And then Hammer the Gods, I'd keep. Oh my God. All right, Colin. I don't understand. You, you yeah. got the razor blade in one hand. You got the the pickaxe in the other. I feel Go I feel guilty about this, but man, I would, don't feel guilty. Just be. Honest. I would make this an EP first of all. I'm I'm not even going to bother you on song by song. The only songs I would keep yeah. are <laughs> Money Money 2020. Okay. Spike. Okay. Right Hand Arama. <laughs> oh my God. Rochambeau Crazy. and Teenagers from Mars. So I think that'd be about five songs. And- Is that right? And Teenagers from Mars. Oh, my God. I would keep Teenagers. You wouldn't even keep X-Ray Amboo. No way, dude. That, oh my that's gosh. a piece of All right. There. So you you almost want like a single release with a few B-sides. <laughs> yeah, basically. You want like Rochambeau as a single <laughs> and then like a couple okay. of B-sides, one but, of them being a cover. But let me explain something, too. Like this is me viewing them as Green Day, too. You know, if this was a band that was not, this is very clearly not Green Day. And for some reason, I just really like liked this genre then I think it would be a lot different, you know? I think this probably does represent the genre fairly well. I don't think it's necessarily a bad release, like bad new wave release. I just think it's not really my thing, you know? That's that's big of you to say. You know, I'd, I'd say uh, much smaller men have attempted to do much bigger things. <laughs> and I think you're batting at exactly the level you should be. <laughs> Does that make sense? I think so. Um, I assume. Yeah, and, and 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 you know, Colin, I agree. I think I'm maybe the flip side of that coin, where I kind of in, I actually enjoy the stylistic changes and then fucking around in this kind of mm-hmm. you know making this type of sandcastle right, and, right. and knowing that it's kind of temporary yeah. and the tide will take it away. But yeah, again, I get it. Like if I'm if I'm not in the right mood, this could be. If okay, for instance, if you were really hungover and someone put on this album, oh, I think God. you would like have to jump out the I'd window. Be so upset. It would be too much to take. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. That would be annoying. Mm-hmm. And and that's what's cool about making it a side project, even though it's all the same members. People say, what's the point? Well, it's like so that they can play without having the like, the weight and expectations that every Green Day release has. Right. So in that right. way, 
you know, it's good. This is how they shake out some of these ideas that like, I wouldn't want this as a Green Day album. Lord knows. Yeah. yeah so I'm glad course. they have these outlets to kind of explore these other avenues without, you know, tarnishing the, the good Green Day name. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I don't know. I watched some of the videos and stuff and, and the whole aesthetic of this really reminded me of the Gerard Way solo album that came out in 2014. Oh, interesting. Which I really enjoyed. Yeah. But Has a lot of like very bright pink and kind of blown right. out colors and mm-hmm. videotape aesthetic type thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. And I know I know Gerard's um, a fan. That's that's of, interesting yeah. you say that because I I actually love that album. Um Hesitant Alien, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's a great one. They kind of deal with similar uh topics. It's, like lyrically there were some l- similar ideas. I think you're right. So, I think lyrically they're very similar. But some for some reason I just love that al- Gerard Way's album a lot more. And I think it's because yeah. well, it's, it's, it, it's better. It's guitar driven for sure. <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say instrumentally. It's guitar driven and it's much better. I think <laughs> instrumentally it's just clearly a lot more work and thought went into that album than this one, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll close with That's this right. this last comment that I found. Um, this, uh, the last, to close out this uh, comment-heavy episode, someone said, It's strange. This whole network thing was a gimmick, a form of release by the band to try and find themselves once again. And yet, overall, it's actually pretty good. There are bands like Electric Six that try to make an entire career out of this sort of music and suck. <laughs> This stuff is funny, but also real and not gimmicky at the same time, a la Green Day versus Blink-182. Huh. And I completely agree. I think I think Green Day is able to try on these different forms without becoming like a joke. Yeah. And 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 it is important, as they mentioned, to, to it is in some ways a gimmick, but it's also surprising that they can make these gimmicks so good. You know, see Foxborough Hot Tubs as well. Yeah, yeah. Which we'll get to. But I think this is all leading up to something that Colin's going to be very excited about is, is Green Day have been experimenting. Mm-hmm. They've shaken out all their wiggles. They've shaken off the shackles of career expectations. They released a B-sides. They released a best hits. No one has. And then they did a side project. Yeah. No one is expecting much from Green Day at this avenue in their career. They're the underdogs. They think it's pretty much done everyone loves a good underdog story too now what colin is about to happen in 2004 oh my god dude they're about to release the greatest album of all time are you are you getting excited about what's coming i want to but i keep holding myself back because i feel like the second i get excited you're gonna dash my hopes you're gonna fucking pull the rug out yeah exactly you're gonna fucking put a stake through my heart and tell me that we're Next episode's some stupid hey, hey, shit hey, like hey, 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 hey. international super hits. God, I told you I stopped doing that. <laughs> All right, come on, don't spread rumors now. Um, no, uh, it's true. Next week we are taking on. I'd say to me, I call it the founding father. I call it church. I call it the Bible. All right, mm, I call it American idiot. It is. It is the Bible. It is. It is the holy it's, scripture from which we all read. I'm so excited. Yeah, the holy scripture in the shopping mall. Mm. I'm excited and I'm almost embarrassed by how many things we will probably have to say. <laughs> I know that we're going to have to really hold ourselves back for it not to be like a, you know, 24 hour long episode. Yeah, so you can look forward to that. This, of course, has been Redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast presents Rochambeau, the totally necessary The Network podcast. I hope you have enjoyed going through Money Money 2020 with us. Next week, we'll be back to Pure Green Day. Don't worry. Please subscribe, like, rate, leave a review on iTunes. That helps us so damn much. And, uh, you know, like uh, follow on Podomatic. We are on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, what's that Twitter, Colin? Uh, Green Day Pod. At Green Day Pod. 
And uh, that is redundantgreendaypod at gmail.com. If you have any questions or concerns or just want to make fun of us for our voices and how they sound. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to tweet out uh, hashtag Mike Dirt new Wolverine. Please tweet out hashtag Mike Dirt new excited. Wolverine. We're excited for the Trying next Trying to make it happen. Movie. It's not yeah. happening, I, I, but I can't let it go quite yet because I photoshopped some photos of Mike Dirt mm-hmm. with his body on Wolverine. And I, I'm, you know, I'm stoked on him. So... <laughs> They're, hold on, they're hold on to that dream. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't know they were photoshopped. Oh, really? Yeah, I photoshopped. Them. No, I definitely knew they were photoshopped. <laughs> His head is way too big, but I'm very proud of them. So this is, of course, redundant. The totally original Greeny podcast, uh, and we'll see you next week. <clears throat> hey, this is Brandon, but my friends call me Spike now. I just moved out of my parents' house in Danville to this wicked warehouse in Oakland. Anyway, I spent most of the day spare changing at the avenue. I started out in front of the med, but everyone kept saying I looked too young and healthy. So I went up to the street to the gap where all the yuppie college kids shop. Colin. I was there until about 5.30 or 6. I scored about 10 bucks. So me and my girlfriend, you met her. She's from La Jolla. Anyway, we got some money from her parents. So we're going to stop by because I need need a a fix. fix. We'll see you next time very shortly. And remember, keep it on Redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast. Farewell. <laughs>